Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. When it comes to understanding political issues, I am a self-confessed toddler. That's why I've enlisted the help of Steve, my politically savvy drinking buddy, to help me better understand politics. Every couple of weeks, we get together and record on topics like what is the politics of language, what is Watergate, how the internet is killing democracy. We take these big issues and we break them down into silly little comedic bite-sized bits. If you like the sound of that, then search for What Am Politics in your podcast app of choice or find us here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Before we go on, I want you to think about UX. UX is user experience. It is the feeling we get when we use an app or a website. When we have good user experience, we almost aren't aware of it. We feel that the app was trustworthy, reliable and even fun. But when the experience is bad, we don't want to repeat it. As we become more reliant on apps, websites and online tools, it is important to get the user experience right first time. UX design is a fascinating career in an industry becoming more important every day. To be a UX designer, you don't need to be a coder. You need to be able to put yourself in the place of the user. You need to understand their story and their expectations and then give them what they want. UX designers are interested in people, in understanding their stories and discovering ways of improving all of our lives. The UX Design Institute offers unique, university credit rated online courses in UX. Now, some of you know that I worked in IT and I actually did a course in UX a while ago and it is absolutely fascinating. The UX Design Institute course is delivered by industry professionals, not academics, which means that when you finished, you are ready to be employed. That is really important because you have to come out of these courses with more than just theory. You have to be industry ready. If you'd like to know more about UX or you're thinking of changing careers, visit uxdesigninstitute.com forward slash fascinated. Hello and welcome back to Fascinated. I'm Garrod Farrelly and we are getting right back to part two of my chat with Callum, who I think you will agree by now is a very lovely man. We left off where he was talking about relocating to Los Angeles. Yeah, suddenly I was in the sunshine. Nobody knew who I was. I could reinvent myself. I could start again. I got an agent. I got a manager. My accent started to go slightly up at the end. You know, oh, like yeah, I had yeah. the panic thing for a while. And everyone, when I call out, they're like, you are? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and so that was, and then that's the LA years, which was about five, six years that I lived there. Mm. Wow. And when yeah. you came, when when you came back, like so, th- this takes you up to maybe like two thousand, two thousand and five, two thousand six. I would say six and a half. Okay. Yeah, six and a half. So I did stuff out there. I was in a very quickly. I did a soap opera for like two minutes. MTV had a soap opera. I got oh, the yeah. job up there, and and they played this bloody this young doctor in it, this English doctor, and and I had to keep. Oh, I just remember saying "ups a daisy" a lot. It was like everything. <laughs> was it's like we making more like English "ups a daisy," and it was just I felt like Dick Van Dyke on crack. It was just stupid. 
And then <laughs> loads of writing with that. I've got to write with so many different people. Shop to record deal, had good management out there. Um, kept coming close. At one point, I'm sat in like a Christian label, thinking maybe I can do Christian. I mean, literally knocked on every door, you know, but I just I was just living. I just lived my life and not didn't have to worry about making hits or or touring or any of that stuff. Yeah. You know. And when did you come and back? I got gay for the first time properly. Yeah, that, like that's the that's the interesting thing because you were you were in the closet for for all of this. Uh for all of your pop career. Yeah, which sounds like really cowardly, but I just I didn't know any better and it was a different time then and I was afraid yeah, I think I, I mean it was it was a really different thing I mean it, like th- there's no comparison coming out now and coming out then there is no there is no comparison there, like there, right. there was there was no guarantee that there was going to be acceptance or anything like that sure and you know we had um, what did I mean I don't even think Stephen Gately had come out at this point no uh, I, thing. I think that came later yeah. So there wasn't really anybody pop that that was gay. I mean, of course you had, you know, you, your other, you know, more your, your olderish pop stars. But you didn't have anybody in the teens or early 20s that was out. So it was just the done thing. Yeah. It was just that you stayed, you stayed silent. Like, and like, because you, you mentioned Stephen Gatey there, because di- didn't you have like a bit of a heart to heart and a fling with him? We did. We did have a heart to heart. Yeah, um, yeah. He was an absolutely lovely, lovely, lovely guy, and <clears throat> he helped me a lot because I met him on the Boys on tour. Because I supported Boys on. I think I might have supported him twice, but definitely once. And um, I was so, you know, afraid in the closet and all these screaming girls everywhere. And Boys on had the same thing. And I just remember, you know, just sometimes when you just know with somebody. Yeah. There, and I think we call it gay dad, don't we now? Yeah. Uh, but, and I just remember one time we, went, we stood in the corridor and he was talking to somebody else. I think some Louis Walsh was hanging around somebody else. And I just remember we were going over schedules and I, our eyes just met. And <clears throat> and it just kind of, it was so, I know it sounds corny, but it was so innocent and it was so kind of young and and. You know, it, it wasn't anything wild or anything like that. It was just two people. I, listen, I, I know Stephen probably had a, a past before that, but I didn't, you know, and we yeah, were both yeah. two people who had to hide who they were. We managed to get to take solace with each other on tour and then we would talk a lot on the phone and um, it probably went on and off for the best part of the year, I think. And, um, yeah, he was a lovely lad. I mean, so... God, I mean, just absolutely devastating what happened. You know? Yeah, it's it's awful. I mean, he was so... I, I think that was a big moment for anyone that was gay, particularly anyone that was gay and Irish. Um, it was a... Him coming out and the acceptance of that was just... It was... I think it was an, an amazing moment. Like, I remember years ago when I was working in a shop, uh, right. he, he came in. Oh, did it? Yeah, and I remember being absolutely dumbstruck. Really? <laughs> just going, oh my God. God, and this was before he'd come out or anything, but I think oh, a lot of people, you kind of got a vibe. Yes, yeah, yeah of course. It's just like, yeah. oh, God, he's amazing. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got that vibe from him, and of course he had the other lads around him to bolster yeah. that, 
that whereas I was this cheeky, chappy, northern monkey character. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I was Anthony until I met Nigel Martin Smith. You know, I was Ant okay. or Anthony. And then he said, we're going to call you Kavanaugh. And for sure, you're going to be called Cav. So suddenly I'm introduced to everybody in his office as Cav. And then I okay. become the other. And now it's just stuck. So it's funny because I almost have two sides to me. There's Cav and there's Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I've, you know, ended up uh, slightly insane at times. <laughs> we all end up insane. We yeah. all go through our insane moments, Cav. Believe me. <laughs> and so... You came back. You came back to light uh, big time in 2015 when you took part in the big reunion. Oh yes, <clears throat> yeah. Like, big... that, what was that like? Because that, I mean, they did something very odd in that they took a whole load of solo artists and put them together to make a band, which seems right. like it seems like a terrible idea, but it but it sort of worked. I know. Well, I remember the first series and thinking, "Oh God, that's not going to work," and then it becoming huge and being slightly jealous thinking god i wish i could do that but i'll never get to do it because i was never in a band yeah yeah then, um i got the email saying well my manager at the time got got the email saying we need to go to itv they won't tell us who it's for it's all you know very secretive and i'm saying it can't be for that because how are they going to do that like re- reunite me with who and um yeah, and then we did meeting, and they're like, "Look, we've got this idea. We've got this idea for a band. We want to put five. Is it four or five of us? Five? One, two, three. I'm gonna say five. White one, me, Gareth, Dane, Adam, Kenzie. Five. five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to remember oh, yeah. the name. Then. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who's who? Were they? Oh yeah. Um, they're a lovely, by the way. <laughs> Throw some shade on the fifth story. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so he's like, and I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? So he's like, well, Dane Bowers. I was like, okay, great voice. Um, another level, right? Um, Gareth Gates. I said, oh, wow, he recorded one of my songs, which he did. He did a cover of Will You Wait For Me? Long story. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's another one, which he kind of denied when I met him, but that was another story. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, who else? So Kenzie was more of a rapper, and then Adam Rickett. Funnily enough, Adam Rickett was the kind of the reason why I left Nigel Martin Smith. Okay. Because he Adam Rickett on as a solo artist, whilst I was still trying to be the big solo artist, okay. and that's one of the reasons I left Nigel. So I thought this is going to be awkward. Anyway, so we thought we formed this group and we did this TV show, Warts and All. Um, and it was a brilliant experience. I mean, it had its, as people who saw it will know, it had its ups and downs. And I think I was, I played a certain, not character, but I think because of my backstory, they wanted me to be a certain way in that. If that okay, makes yeah. sense. Like everybody had a cap to fit. And okay, it yeah. felt like I was the guy who lost everything and trying to make, you know, and been, you know that, that was the angle. And it kind of was my truth to a degree, but... There were times when I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to give you some good TV now because I can see where you're going with this. Yeah, it was yeah. a TV show. It was a soap opera. And is that is that very hard to do? Like when, like when you were, like particularly with reality TV, and we all know that with reality TV, you know, if you think reality TV is reality, well, you, you know, <laughs> it's very naive to think that. Um, yeah. But is it hard that you are cast? Because, I mean, like you've had hardship. Like you've had... 
you know you've had you've definitely had your shit like you've you've mm. i think to some extent you've like you've paid a price for the success you had so young because you're it's a lot to manage you know um but is right. it hard yeah. that when you like say something I, i've no doubt that when they cast you in the uh in celebrity big brother that year they yes. thought, okay, well, well, Cav's going to be absolutely wild and crazy. And it turns out you were probably the sanest person in the house. This is so funny. I mean, that's, listen, that's why they got, that's why they got me in there. And when I did the meeting, I played up like Ozzy Osbourne on the meeting. Because I just, <laughs> but then luckily when we got in there, we had Perez Hilton, who was a complete maniac. So, Lunatic. you know, it, it, nobody... <laughs> He could have been anybody and he would have just took the lot, you know, the limelight. But sorry, I'm, I interrupt there. No, 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 that's perfect. Like, because, like, it's, I think it must be very, it must be a very difficult place to be in that your, like, your success is always seen as the thing that spawned what came next, which was difficult. Like, that right. that must be a very hard place to be. Yes. And, and because it, oh God, I mean, I, I always, listen, I'm, I, thank God I've always been one of those people that's, that's, saw life as the is it the glass half full is that the positive yeah version? yeah yeah the glass half full sometimes it's been half full of, of you know <laughs> alcohol but that's, that's another story but um and so uh, it's like okay well that's happened now what and you do you do get this resilience from it you do just get this strength from um i think because i came from basically nothing as i'm sure you have or you know a lot of people yeah when you, you, you you're used to the hard knocks and then once you get one hard knock another one and it's like okay you bounce back up you get back up i'm just lucky to have that resilience i think but it does get tiresome when you think oh god really and I, and you know what i was struggling in in the big reunion i was really struggling in, in uh, anyway yeah. um i I hadn't worked in a long time. I didn't know what it was like to be on camera for a while. I was drinking too much. Um, I, you know, my sister had just been diagnosed with cancer. My mum has Alzheimer's. She just moved into a new care home. Um, and and there was stuff going on. But, of course, that wasn't part of the story. It was more about let's show him in the working men's club singing so we can yeah, show yeah. him. No, like, let's, let's. And I think I remember there was an episode where I'd, I'd, I'd had too much to drink and I remember they were waiting outside my hotel room, waiting to film me as I was going to bed. And I was like, come on, guys. I thought, you know what? I'll just give you the footage. Adam Rickett came in and he was trying to, you know, help me and be the, you know, the, the good friend, the good Samaritan, which I'm, I, I do believe that he was <clears throat> a lot of the time. But again, it was in front of the cameras. So come on, you know, if you're that bothered, tell him to turn the cameras on. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I just, I just thought, um, um, I've just lost my train of thought thinking about that scene. Um, no, it, that was hard. I mean, I like I found that was a hard watch, and and I found that the there was there was some of it that I felt was unnecessary because I I, I felt that um, I I felt that there was a narrative in that that kind of punished the viewer. Right, right. And it was like you, uh, and I think right. that's why I think that's what happened with season two was because. It, it, Season one was, look at these people, aren't they amazing? Right. Whereas season one, it tried to show stories that were, like, haphazard and it, it just, I felt, I, I don't know, I don't know how well it worked, to be honest. I, I really don't. No, because... and that, that's why, they, you know, the WB still did the tour. 
but um but i remembered my point before i went off into like planet duke to thinking about that scene um and i remember saying to the could the producer i remember the next morning head in shame hung over with the fear thinking fuck they've got all that footage of yesterday like surely please they're not gonna you know and i said to the producer i said look i'm begging you i said you know can you not? Can we not just show that? I said it's so embarrassing for me. I said I know I've done it. I said, but can you just not show the whole? He said, listen, don't worry, it's a journey. He said, I promise you, you'll come out on top. And listen, in a way, they it did end with me making it to the gig and coming on stage and doing getting going. Yeah, nailing us, absolutely nailing the performance. A journey, I suppose, but it wasn't for me. I don't care. It was more for like you know my family. My sister wasn't too well, and I just thought. It's embarrassing, you know, but it is where it is. You know, I signed up for it and, you know, that's 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 reality TV. Like you say, it's not real. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. edited. It's down to the editor. And you've done like you've done stuff. You've done a good bit of reality TV, like things like um, you, you did Grease is the Word uh, yeah. and came second, which was hilarious. Um, and uh, the and the voice and stuff, which is, oh. again, like like. I, I watched your performance on The Voice and I was pissed off. It wasn't good, though, Gerald. It wasn't good. I don't no, think it was... I, I was yeah, nervous. Yeah, I, but you were understandably nervous. But I don't like... For some reason, my I don't know what has happened there. My computer... God has just gone into my computer saying, you You're go. right, Gerald. It was there fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they were a disgrace. But they... There seems to be this... What is going on? So sorry. Um, there seems to be this thing happening in reality television which, uh, and it, it, the voice seems to have really bought into it, where it's, they take somebody, you know, they did it with Denise Pearson from Five Star, where they take wow. somebody who we know is great, who we've loved, and then we they, we just show them as somebody that's like, oh, you know, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not that interested anymore. And it's like, why do you need to do that? Like, Oh, it's so awful. I mean, I was absolutely gutted. I would say that was probably one of the most saddest, I mean, inside, apart from personal stuff like family deaths or terrible stuff, but career-wise, that was just the most gutting embarrassment ever because they'd approached me, uh, again, the manager at the time, and they'd approached him saying, we'd love him to do the voice or come and talk about the voice. And it was the first series, remember? So we didn't know about it. And we went for the... Oh, 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 yeah, so I had to audition. Of course, I got fast-tracked, did the audition. They liked it. Um, and then they give you a list of songs, and, and I chose top three. Um, and then the one that I wanted to do, they didn't... It was, it was perfect for me, but they didn't want it. They wanted me to do the, my least one, which was the Clouded House song, Don't Dream It's Over, which was... I thought I'd choose it as an odd one because the others were quite soulful, so I thought, oh, I'll do a bit of a, a, you know, an acoustic ride. I mean, it was a hard song to sing as well, especially when you're in the audience of silence and everyone's just staring at you. Yeah. But um, I remember when they didn't turn around, oh, my God, it was just gutting. And I'll never forget, because we kind of, you know, we would, me and my manager were like, oh, this could be a new chance for you. You know, you'll be back on TV. We could get some new music out. We had a bit of a plan, and it was all shot down right there. All those... It went on for a few months, that the beforehand bit. So you're yeah, kind of yeah. getting used to the idea of it. You know, I thought maybe it might work. Rehearsals, yeah. the film. Yeah. 
and it was just shot dead. And I'll never forget that the runner, the poor runner afterwards, she come up to me and she said, um, right, Cav, she said, um, you won't be staying in X hotel tonight with, with the with the people that get through. You'll be staying with the people that didn't get through in the travel lodge. I was like, okay, that's fine. Nothing wrong with the travel lodge. I love a travel lodge. Yeah. Many, many a drunken episode in the travel lodge. <laughs> um, usually by myself. Those are the days. And um, so, anyway, so we, we, so I'm at the bar with Kim Mazel, the most, one of the brilliant soul singers, Kim Mazel, right? Yeah, yeah. We sat at the bar. We didn't get through the pair of us. And we're like, what just happened? What have we just put ourselves through? Like, what just happened? I used to have Kim Mazel's records. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kim Mazel, like, is, yeah, she's incredible. Big, great, like a Shaka, I'm, you know, a bit of a Shaka Khan vibe. And I'm thinking, wow. Anyway. You know what? If if I wouldn't, maybe if I'd done that, I wouldn't have done the big reunion, and I wouldn't have done. You know, I believe in fate and stuff like that. But it was a, it was a, yeah, never again, never anything. No, like no. That. Well, it feels it, no, it feels like it's there's there's some sort. It feels like there's some sort of um, like it's like an it's an industry thing of like just dangle something in front of these people, like which and it, which feels really unfair when mm. they're incredibly talented and also when they. That like you know, it's like you're saying back in the Smash Hits days, you gave us, you gave us all this pop music, all of this stuff that kept us, you know, glued to Smash Hits, which is, right. you know, there's something. I think that there is a whole raft of people, whether they're still fans or not, but whether they really, they, they really want to reward that, because it's right. like that's Cav. He was on, he was on the cover of Smash Hits. I remember that, like you know, with the Smash right. Hits award and the Superman T-shirt. We we remember that. Cool. Um. And you just really hope that those people get into positions of power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watch the Smash It's Awards daily, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I like to do watch myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, it's nice. You know, I what, what I wanted, I wanted to see Gary Barlow's face when he lost. That's what oh, I wanted. Oh, I know. I know. God. Um... So anyway, where were we? I was going on about the voice, but that was it, and that's the way. And I learned my lesson. I was kind of invited to do that slightly because it was the first series, but I've seen how they've done it. And but then again, you had the guy from Liberty X; he did well on it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But you well, know, yeah, I don't know if anyone knew him though. Right. You know, yeah, there's there's yeah, nobody walking down the street and going, "Oh, that's you know, that's that, that's that's number five from Liberty X." <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's, but yeah, so I did that, and then what was the other one I did? Oh, Grease is the word. Am I rabbiting on too much? You can edit. You can hey, edit. you talk as long as you want. <laughs> so, Grease is the word. I came back from LA. I'd finished. I'd been there six, seven years. I, my father was getting sick with cancer, so I had to come. And and if I was running out of money, and I had a ball out there. I'd make. I'd met some brilliant, real good friends, friends for life. Yeah. You know, and um. I'd done some good stuff. I had a, got a couple of cuts on a couple of other albums, and I got a cut on the first BB Mac record, which sold a lot of records in America. And, um, I got to write with some great people, you know, just random, random stories. Of course, I'm saving these some of these for the book, as you know, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I had enough of LA. My father wasn't well. He was he was getting poorly with, with the first stage of cancer, so I moved back. And I'm thinking, right, what am I going to do? And my Elliot Kennedy, my friend, the, the writer guy, he said, hey, Cav, he said, uh, have you seen the advertising for this uh, this show, this uh, ITV? He's like Peter Kay, Elliot Kennedy, by the way. Yeah. He's like, this, uh, 
this show, this uh, Grease is the word. It's, it's looking for the new Danny Zuko. He's like, and you, you'd look just like Danny Zuko, you. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I've never properly seen Grease, I admit. I knew, of course, of it. Yeah. I thought, this is interesting, but why is it going to have me? This is before they had anybody slightly famous on a reality show, I think, right? Okay. And so, yeah. I'd, I'd lost the house at this point. I'd had this. I bought this house. My parents. Ten years later, I had to sell it. I'd moved back in. This is years later. So I'd yeah, I'd moved back and I'd moved back in with my parents. Stuff like. Anyway, long story. Into a little house, and I uh, lined up for the audition in Manchester. I lined up with everybody else. It was run by Psycho X Factor people. Okay. And I lined up with a and a sticker on and I thought what fuck am I doing like what is it you know I'm not, what am I doing and I just thought oh just just do, just do it you know and I lined up one of the runners spotted me in the line and she said you look familiar da, 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 da. are you so and so yes I am come through I sang for the producers and then I became a cont- uh, 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 I got on that show Grease is wow. the Bird Cause you and you and you did so well on that, like because you, you came second, wasn't it? Yeah, again, that was a lot of politics that went on with that show. Um, but yeah, I did come second. It was me and a lot of very talented um, stage school kids. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was the oldest one in there. They were all in like the teens and early twenties. I was, I was like thirty, I think, at that point. Okay. And. Um, yeah, it was just, it, from what I can see, it, it was handled exactly the same way as X Factor. They had a boot camp. They, they all lived in the same house. Um, it was just funny being Anthony on that Anthony, show. Yeah, yeah. Please vote for Anthony. Yeah. And then I'd turn around and give like the wink on the, you know, on the <laughs> John Travolta wink. <laughs> Anthony. But yeah, it was lovely, and then I—that's I, where I met the lovely David Guest, and God rest his soul. Oh we, yeah, yeah. We became friends of a sort, I guess. A lovely, lovely man. But yeah, that was wild because I was suddenly back on TV, and I'd never been on TV primetime TV in such a way like that. Yeah, yeah. It was on Saturday night for like I don't know, ten or eight weeks or something. Primetime every every Saturday night in your living wow. room. And so suddenly I was getting spotted everywhere and I'm back and it's like, but yeah, I'm I but yeah, I'm Danny Zuko, but I'm really Kavanaugh, but no, I'm Anthony. It was just like the whole thing was yeah. a bit crazy. And you, you say you're writing a book now at the moment. What is it like to look back? You know, I mean, you're still young on a career that like you've done so much and there's been so many like there's been so many highs and so many devastating lows. Like it's been it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, it really has. And there's people that have been through a lot worse, believe me. I mean, I totally understand that, but it's all relative to me. Um, it's It's been, ugh, let's, let's use that really corny word, cathartic. It's been bloody hard because I'm trying not to use a ghostwriter and, and you know, my, um, my uh, procrastination is very strong. Yeah, Sometimes. yeah. Oh, I understand that. Um, but also that stuff is hard to. it's like I think it's really hard to live something and then when you've got it all processed to suddenly start to dive in to be able to tell it to somebody else that's not easy 
I know, and that's the, that's why I want to try and do it myself. And by the way, it, it's listen, it's not an autobiography. I'm not bloody Elizabeth Taylor. I'm not like I'm under no illusion that I'm writing an autobiography. I'm writing memoirs of that time for anyone that's interested of a kid that ended up on the cover of Smash Hits and the journey. But I, you know, I want to touch on stuff like Alzheimer's. I want to touch on on what it's like being famous and on the dole at one point. Yeah. You know, I want to touch on on all those stuffs and 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 it does have a comedic thread to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't want to get the violins out either, and there's still hopefully a, the whole other half of life to who, who knows where that's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, I'm trying to do an hour a day. If I try and do an hour a day, then I'm all right. And obviously, lockdown has helped because there's not much else to do. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from me, I know the and COVID fifteen. I mean, the lovely listeners can't see, but there's twice the size of me. <laughs> We're all twice the size, Cav. We're all <laughs> twice the size. And after this, we all just need to agree not to mention it. Right, we don't mention it ever again. <laughs> yeah, we, swimwear will be 2021. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no swimming talks first. this year. This year didn't. <laughs> it didn't, yeah. We don't even have to add it to our age. <laughs> totally. Well, exactly. I'm. Listen, I'm not. This is. I'm, my birthday stays the same as last year. November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all no. sitting this one out. Yeah. Um, Cav, it's been so amazing to talk to you. Oh, uh, you did. You're just an absolute gem. Um, and genuinely, I can't wait to see what you do next because I think oh. uh, mm. you have this. You just bring a quality to something. You know, <laughs> like you just. You are a cheeky chappy. Um, and I really hope that you get your due. You know, That's I really so- I hope the book is huge. I hope you make a fortune. <laughs> I'll take you out to McDonald's in Dublin. <laughs> Listen, that's it. Yeah. Cav, ideal. 100%. Yeah, I'm a McDonald's man. The lockdown nearly killed me. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. That was the fantastic Kavanagh. Thanks so much for joining us for part two. You can follow Kavanagh on all social media. He's Kavanagh.official on Instagram if you want to log on and see his new blonde locks and ask him if blondes have more fun. Uh, I think that's definitely a question you should be asked. Also, he has a really good YouTube channel. So if you want to go back and watch some of his old TV appearances and performances, they're all up there. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Garoad Farrelly and I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. But I'll be honest, I don't use them too much. There'll be a new episode soon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.